0: I'm your host, Jay Don Negro. and this is the By Chance Podcast. The
1: teachers want to deal with a child who had experience or saw that kind of a trauma. This show is
0: about your stories as told by your voices.
1: You know, if the industry part of me, the business mind of me was like, oh, I get it, I get it. But the
0: straight to the point. You talk, and we all listen. Really quick, up front, I'm just going to ask a favor of you all. Please go ahead and rate the show five stars on iTunes or wherever you listen to this fantastic programming at. It really helps the show get in front of more people, and I appreciate it. So thank you up front. Now on to today's featured storyteller, who is Miss Giovanni Gigi Hawkins. She is someone that I cannot wait to introduce you all to. But before we get there, I want to share a quick story with you all. Most recently, I had the opportunity to sit in on a fireside chat with the one and only Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama is one of the more phenomenal, inspiring, and accomplished people on this planet, and the company that I clock in at for eight hours a day gave me and 1,600 of my closest work friends a chance to hear Ms. Obama speak actual words in real time. There were a few things that I took away from that 55-minute chit-chat. A. You cannot help but to smile when she's around. She's infectious, especially from only 40 yards away. B, I swear for God on everything that I love that that chat between Michelle and my company CEO was exactly an episode of the By Chance podcast. I watched my show happen without me. And I'll prove it to you because she said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but she said being comfortable with your story is a part of being comfortable with yourself. Giovanni Gigi Hawkins is a radio personality, published model, entrepreneur, host, artist, mentor, and a myriad of other things. And she is someone who is very comfortable with her story. There are different points in her life where most wouldn't have gotten through it at all. But Gigi, she stood taller in its aftermath don't believe me just listen all right so let's let's just start from a beginning one day you weren't doing something and then the next day you had an epiphany i'm guessing to say i want to be this like what did you want to be when you grew up
1: wow um as a little girl i always saw myself and it's weird because i didn't look like this obviously as a child I always saw myself being in entertainment, whether it was dancing, because that was my first love. I um, grew up in ballet, jazz, tap, hip hop, you name it, I've done it. Um, From the time I was four, I was dancing. So I always imagined that I would be dancing on big stages or that I would be, um, as I got a little bit older, maybe puberty, or I would be modeling. I used to take my grandma's Polaroid camera. Y'all know how ancient a Polaroid is. And I would go, and take her wig, her salt and pepper wig, and her lipstick, and go in the bathroom (laughs) and call myself putting on fashion shows. And I would go and say, Grandma, you like this? And she'll say, yeah, turn the wig this way, got it all wrong. And I would go ahead and have her take pictures of me with her Polaroid camera. So growing up, that's what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be an entertainer. I didn't know how, because it varied. My different things that I like evolved, so. That's what I thought I was doing, entertainment.
0: As a little girl and you hit puberty and you decide I want to be in entertainment, not sure what, but you want to do this. When did it change from I want to do this to I am doing this?
1: Wow, Um, so it was two times when that happened for me. The first time I was 14 and I was going into my first year of high school and I was walking down the street up by, if you're from Baltimore, from Emerson Village, I was up there walking from, you know, the store, getting to the bus stop. And this guy comes up to me and he says, hey, and I'm thinking, I saw him pull up with his car. I'm like 14, this guy's clearly older than me. He's trying to talk to me, so I'm ignoring him. And he's like, no, wait, wait, stop. He eventually had my best friend's attention. So because she stopped, I stopped. And he's like, I want you all to model for my clothing line. And I'm like... Yeah, right. Okay. So he's like, no, seriously, I had the stuff in my trunk. He pops his trunk and it's like all these t-shirts and stuff. And he's like, hey, um, can you model my stuff? I'm like, where are we going? Like we taking pictures or something? Like, what are we doing? And he's like, no, um, I have a set at Baltimore Fashion Week. I want you to model my stuff. So two days later, we meet him at the location and we put on the stuff and we're walking around handing out flyers at the fashion week in Baltimore. And that was when it first changed from, I want to do this to I'm actually doing this. And then the second time it's fast forward. to I'm 23 and out of nowhere, I had just gone through a divorce and I decided maybe I should try this out again. Cause I was back at promoting and hosting in clubs. So when I got back to that, I'm there and I find out that, it was a person there who had a modeling group and they're like, hey, I want you to come and take some photos for me. So I go and I take these photos and before I know it, I'm being published and I'm doing fashion shows and I'm out being in entertainment yet again, modeling. So it was two times when I got booked again, I was like, oh, I'm really doing this again. And you can imagine someone getting married at 19 to going through a divorce and then being single all of a sudden, yet again, and going out to a party and then a few days later shooting. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm back at modeling. (laughs) What? It wasn't planned, it just kinda happened. So that was the two times that happened
0: for me. I guess I I wanna know, getting married so young and honestly and this is no indictment of you but just not having a sense of identity because who does at a very young age do you think at 23 was it was it like a rebirth or a, a, a Phoenix rising or anything like that when you when you step back out there and just like you were in front of people were looking at you because you're you like was it was it one of those things
1: yeah, it was actually, um, it's funny cause I constantly, every now and again, I'll post up a picture of a Phoenix and the story of the Phoenix. And um, I identify with the Phoenix and I I always say like, if I had to pick another name, it would be Phoenix. Like <laughs> I totally identify with the Phoenix and yes, it felt very much so like a rebirth. Um, like you said, And you were completely, you hit it head on. Um, When you get married so young, no, you don't know yourself. And I have just had this conversation mentoring um, a couple of girls in a group that I mentor, EMAT. And I said that to them. I said, you know, it's okay to love young, but love evolves. Love is an action. Um, Don't get so caught up in thinking you have it all mastered, that you forget who you are. And you pretty much morph for the purpose of making that person happy and being what you think they want you to be or what you or what they said they want you to be or what you want to be um I wouldn't recommend and I said this on my live recently if my daughter was to come to me at 19 and say I'm getting married and I'm about to have a baby soon like I didn't I wasn't pregnant but you know I'm gonna do this I would look at my daughter like sweetheart first of all you don't even you haven't even lived yet like and my mother used to say that to me, my adoptive mom, that is. Um, she used to say that to me like, you haven't lived yet, you don't know, you're so wet behind the ears, you still have milk on your breath, you haven't experienced enough. And the guy that I was married to um, was 10 years my senior. So he's 10 years older than me. Um, so I really didn't know myself and I thought I did. So yeah, I would definitely agree on that.
0: Do you think you knew you could honestly take over, take over the world? Because you seem like you have that gusto, like I can do anything I want to do.
1: Um, I, I, I've i always, and I'm not going to say I've always been confident because I haven't, but I've always felt like I was different. You know, like that, that innate part of you that is like, I'm not like everybody else. And I recognized that very, very early in my life. I was maybe, I, I say one experience that made me realize I wasn't like everybody else. Um, I was in school, I believe I was in second grade or so. And the teacher said, draw what you feel. And I decided because I had witnessed my biological mother being murdered, that was what I was feeling at that moment. So I pretty much drew what I saw. And while everybody else, and it was so funny because the teacher had me escorted out the classroom. First, she stepped out with my picture. And she went to the office and she came back with the principal and I was escorted out. And I remember sitting in the office thinking like, Oh, my picture must've been really good. Like maybe it was really, really good. And they're probably going to get me something. For this." like, and I find out from later, like my mom, we get in the car cause eventually my mom comes, she goes in there with the principal, but I wasn't allowed in the room. So I don't know what was said, but my mother gets me in the car and she says, you know, your story is not like most kids your age. You are not like everybody else. So that was the confirmation. Then she said to me, you know, this is a really detailed picture of a gun. (laughs) That's when, that was that light bulb moment of, I'm different than everybody else, like okay, why am I being singled out? But I know now in hindsight, not only was I really great at drawing, but the teachers weren't equipped to deal with a child who had experienced or saw that kind of a trauma. So I get it. But ever since then, it was like, hey, you know, I'm fearless. Like, whatever. Like, I, And it started snowballing through my childhood of, I'd be the one in class where... I eventually got transferred out of public school into a private school after that incident. And the teachers would have religion class every day at the start of the day. And we would be in class and we'd be covering, you know, religion as we know it. And I was always the one kid when they said, hey, you got questions at the end? And I'm like, yeah, um, so question. <laughs> I was always ballsy and outspoken and it wasn't like, I, looking back, I know I was shy, but, it was, it could be perceived as ballsy. I was just very inquisitive and I didn't hide that I was curious. So that's when I knew.
0: You mentioned a gun and I think you have a gun on your hand. Yes. Is that I right? have
1: a gun tattoo on my hand.
0: Can, can I ask like, what's, what's that all about?
1: Uh, The gun hand tattoo is a matching tat with my partner now. And it symbolizes the smoking gun. You know, they say like the smoking gun, like no one knows exactly who he is that like in connection to me, but he has his own career as well. He too is an artist, but he's a recording artist and a producer and a composer and a writer. And um, he and I got those because we like each other's smoking gun. So... It's symbolic. And also, um, it has like a crown on our ring finger. He has the king crown, I have the queen crown. And when we hold hands, it's the same it's both sides of the gun, basically. Got it. Locked and loaded. Right. Locked
0: and loaded. <laughs> Locked and loaded. So um dealing I don't I don't want to use the word industry, but I guess that's that's what it is. Um dealing with your partner and he's also in the realm of the industry. Like is that challenging difficult or do you just like get each other because I, I i i would take your type b personality like you're creative and just like got it and then you're just off like if, you, if, if it hits your brain you can do it you're done and you can and i'm wondering if if he's the same way and is that kind of uh
1: work? yeah actually we're, we're the same in that sense but he's a lot more patient than i am i'm like it has to happen now it has to happen now and he's like no i have to calculate my movements. I'm going to do this in this time. And when it's meant, it'll happen. I'm not like that. Um, <laughs> but being with each other in this industry, the good thing is no one knows. And the few people who do know it's respected. It's not talked about. It's not gossiped about. It, it is what it is. You see us together, you know. If you don't see us together, then you don't know. And we both have a um, an understanding that we don't want to put too much of our personal life out. So you'll see, as you you know, from following me, like I'll put up a post, but there'll be an emoji over him. And no, he's not a side or I'm not a side to him. But, you know, that's the misconstruement of the emoji. The emoji is just simply to blanket who he is. That's all. Um, but we do that to keep our personal lives personal. And it's understood and I get it. And it's funny because he came to me with that that's something he's always been doing. And I get it because of the kind of recording artist he is. He can't just be overtly coupled up. He has he has to have it kind of coveted. And his fan base has to, you know, be attracted to what he, you know, his persona is. So I get all of that in terms of marketing, but I didn't initially get it. You know, the industry part of me, the business mind of me was like, oh, I get it. I get it. The personal part of me was like, oh, I'm so excited. I want to show my relationship. Why can't we show this off? We're happy. What's wrong with being happy? And when he brought it up to me some of the encounters that he's had in the past, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't I don't want that kind of <laughs> problem in my life. So I adapted. I can't take full credit for that. That was technically all of him. I just was like, once he made me understand why, I was okay with it.
0: have expectations of you because you present yourself a certain way? Like, Do people just come in and say things to you that they should have no damn business saying?
1: Yes. Um, Particularly the eye candy modeling. So now I'm experiencing with my social media, I'm covering up more because I'm trying to rebrand myself to not just be the sexy girl, to not just be the pretty face. So now that I'm rebranding myself, I'm finding that people when they see me, they're like, oh my God, like you look so good, or and they feel the need to want to just like hug me or like, oh my God, and like gag over me. And I'm like, first of all, sir, like I'm definitely right here with my man. <laughs> Second, um, that is just my my modeling image prior. Please don't screw that with me. Me every day, um, if I had not been doing this interview today, plain face snapback, baseball cap, whatever, sweats, joggers, some sneakers and a hoodie. Like I'm very, very simple. But when, and it's funny, cause when people see me like that and I got recognized, it was weird. I was on the elevator and I was dressed like that. I'm calling myself being incognito. And this guy's like, Hey, you're the girl with the radio show. I recognize you. And I'm like, Damn it. <laughs> and it was like, oh, you look different. And I'm like, um, yeah, I'm human. I didn't say that to them, but I, ha- I find that I have to go into being Giovanni when I'm out if I'm recognized and I'm like, oh, my God. And it's because that's all they see of me, like my lives, um, pre-recorded videos, because I know that my social media is my marketing platform. I know I have to keep that image up online, but me outside of that, not that it's all fake because it is little sprinkles and aspects of the real me in that, but I I feel the need to meet that expectation all the time because that's what they expect of me. So yeah, I, I find that to be a challenge constantly because I don't see something like not fight videos, but I'll see something ratchet or somebody dancing ratchet. I'm like, oh, I want to repost this. And I'm like, dang, I can't repost this. This has nothing to do with my brand. (laughs) So I have to like DM it to my mate or my friends and have a private laugh with them about it. I can't share too much publicly of what I really truly like because it doesn't coincide with my brand.
0: So you're you're a Renaissance woman you there are many things what about what about acting in front of the camera? I'm sure some local producer or director has reached out to you about doing something as far as speaking.
1: Yeah um, so acting has come across for me. Um, I don't consider myself an actor. that's funny because when I went, I did this audition and it was literally the day I was moving into my house last year. Um, so it'll be a year ago in June. I was moving in, boxes still in my living room, people still coming with, you know, furniture. And I got a phone call like, Hey, I know you're moving today, but you should come audition for this movie. It was a book and we're turning it into a movie and the writer's here. So you'll be able to audition for them. And I'm like, my hair's all over my head and I don't have, I'm a little sweaty from moving stuff in the house. And I'm like, all right, fine. When I have the last truck come, I'm gonna come. And it happens that the audition is right was right down the street from my house. So I go and I audition and everything. And I'm thinking, whatever, I'm not an actor. I didn't get it. And I find out eventually that I did get it. And I wound up having to do reads and film a couple of scenes. And it's still, you know, in production. But it, I don't. I think it's supposed to be released sometime at the end of this year or the beginning of next year. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. But. I've done a little acting. I just, just like singing, people come to me like, are you a singer? And I'm like, I can sing, but I don't call myself a singer. Like, you know, it's like people that, um, you know, that can write on paper, you don't call yourself a writer because you can write. Like, I don't take it too seriously because it's not something that I'm investing in necessarily. And I haven't done it enough to feel comfortable enough to call myself that. So it has come.
0: I just get that sense. Like, like you said, you're different. So things just don't stop. Like, I don't, I don't get you saying, all right, I've had enough. Like, it's it's not, we're not there yet. So I feel yeah. like you can still touch many, many different things. If the second grade you would see you now, how do you think she would feel about you?
1: I think she'd be proud. Um second grade me, she was very, again, very inquisitive but very unsure of herself. She was very uncomfortable in her own skin. Um, second grade, she was very uh, conflicted. Like, to be the the fairer skin girl in the class, and I was a runt. I always say I was a runt. I was shorter than everybody. I was really skinny. I had really light brown, sandy brown hair, and my eyes was lighter at that time. I had freckles, and I cover them now. Like, I still have freckles, but... I think she would be like, wow, that's what you grew up to be? Like, I still have moments like that in the mirror. Like, I'll walk past the mirror and be like, whoa, that's you now? And it's funny because I said this to the girls I meant to. I said, you know, that little girl in you is going to always be there. It's going to be things that are going to take place in your life that if you're reminded of as an adult, you're going to feel the exact same way and remember how things smelled or what things looked like. The smallest detail, like the weather, because that little girl in you is going to and even for guys, that little boy is still going to be alive in you. That doesn't die. You just get older. Your body changes. So I think she would be proud. I think she would be looking at me like you're amazing. Like, this is cool. But I'm not I'm not done learning it. Um, I always say I'm a, a student of life. I'm still learning. And I often catch myself diving into things that I probably shouldn't be diving into because I'm curious. I'm still curious. So I think she'd be happy.
0: It's it's interesting. You said that that the line about the little girl, the little boy is still in you because I see people sometimes and they've had like troubles or challenging life or they made some really bad choices. And I, and I think like that used to be a little kid with a dream and somewhere that dream died. Yeah and 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 it is it, just one of those things like that's a very important thing like that little child is still in you somewhere. Um so I guess one of the last things I want to ask is what are the, the 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 pillars of what makes up GG? Like is it family, is it faith, is it trust, is it aunt? like what what are the pillars that build you up to be this dynamic personality that you are today?
1: Um I would definitely say my trials, my trials. I couldn't, I couldn't be who I am. I don't believe anyway, without those, the things that I saw, the things that I experienced, they meet. And it, some people, if they had gone through some of the stuff I've gone through and I've seen some who've been through similar and it broke them down. Um, had I not gone through my trials, I wouldn't be who I am. Trust. My mistrust and my, um, my two, my I had a too trusting uh, personality as a child. I I trust it, and it's funny because if you see what I've saw, been through what I've been through, you would think that I wouldn't be so trusting. But I was naturally trusting. Like I I don't know, it's weird. But that protects me now sometimes because I'm now a little bit more protected and guarded of my trust, so it's not so easily given. So that. My trials and my family, my family, if I had not had my son at 16, had I not had my daughter during the course of that marriage when I was still getting to know myself, um, I don't know. I don't know where I would be. My mom adopted me and she happens to be my biological great aunt who stepped in after my mom. So my family really hold me up, like, and it's funny because you know everybody has those few family members where they're just like, "Oh, I don't deal with them." And I say to myself, "I'm one of those." I say to myself, "I'm respectful when you know I'm around everybody. I have no ill will towards anyone. It's just, I again don't fit in. So <laughs> I, I'm I'm thankful for that though. I'm thankful for my family for them being who they are in my life, whether they are um, catalysts for something greater or whether or not they are, you know, those who came into my life at different points to teach me lessons. I'm grateful for all of that.
0: And just how many of you would have been able to get through some of the stuff that Gigi's gone through. I would be lacking in attention to duty if I did not share that Giovanni also has our own line of natural and organic cosmetics called Base Holes by Giovanni. Now I'm going to go ahead and run off the list of places where she can be found online. First, her personal Instagram page is Underscore I am Giovanni and that's Giovanni with two N's and the official profile for her cosmetic line is Bezos by Giovanni. Again that's Giovanni with two N's. She also has a few trademarks with these products so rest assured this woman is for real. Thank you GG. Thank you for saying yes to a stranger. And as always, thank you all for taking the time out to listen. In closing, I'd like to leave you all with the following. In life, the only safe thing you can do is take a chance. See you all next time.